Welcome home. We are WNST AM 1570, Tassa Baltimore and Baltimore We've Still been offering lots and lots of our crab cake row, a cup of Super Bowl. We had over 70 pieces with charities, uh, many of them still making their way out to Baltimore Positive and out to the Audio Vault and wherever you listen to podcasts. We certainly hope you're uh, setting your dial as we get ready for baseball and certainly a draft and combine and all that uh, at AM 1570. You can still set a place in your car when you're driving around. Lots of folks do that. Uh, we will be back out doing the Maryland Crab Cake Tour again with our friends at the Lottery, also with Window Nation and Jiffy Lube. Uh, I do not have... The latest dates, but we are working on some things with Fadley's uh, in regard to baseball season and the Orioles. And I am wearing my Curio Wellness uh, orange and black and representing uh, Lucas. Is football season really over? I mean, we're really going to go into like a baseball thing here where there's going to be news and good news and bad news. And Lord knows it didn't take long at spring training for uh, the rotation. Uh, Yeah, I was with Dr. Steve. And he's, you know, trying to get into the baseball swing of things. Like, we we can all say McNally, Cuellar, Dobson, Paul, you know, we can all say that. <laughs> Not everybody knows, you know, Bradish means, oh, does that mean Kramer's the five? You know, like, so we're going through this re-engagement of the baseball community. But Dr. Steve and I were like, all right, so so what's the rotation now? All right, Burns would be one. All right, does, that, so that, that would probably make, all right, that would make a uh, 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 Kyle two, and that would make Grayson three. And so it means, uh, you know, I don't know, who knows? So all this happens, and then the first day of spring training, it's like, all right, <laughs> number two pencil, you know, that's baseball now, isn't it, Luke Jones? I mean, it's, it's really every sport, but more so than any other sport because of the fragility that is just the nature of pitching. Start of spring training is always that hold my breath moment. And it's not because someone actually gets hurt on the first day of spring training. It's because these guys who at this point in time start ramping up in January, you know, some guys late December, depending on the start of spring training. Uh, But if you recall the whole second half of last year, what were we talking about on the pitching side beyond just adding bullpen arms or adding Jack Flaherty? It was what the innings management, right? The workload of a Kyle Bradish, a Dean Kramer, a Grayson Rodriguez, these guys who had all eclipsed career highs and innings. We talked about it with Felix Batista, even before he hurt his elbow in late August, you know, how many innings the Orioles were relying on him to throw. Well, this is uh, the science the of all of, of it. When they, when we, you and I fight and the scientists come in and they're like, that dude's only got 180 innings and Palmer's laughing at them. Right. And Jim Cott's laughing at them. Right. But I I don't, I I mean, there is a point where the way these guys work and throwing curveballs when they're 11 and pitching all summer when they're 13 and 14 and being baseball pitchers from the time they're nine years old, their arms fall off when they're 22 Keegan Aiken and just all these names of uh, like all, all 15 years of prospects for the Orioles. It felt like, Injuries always got Dylan Bundy before, you know, it ever got there. And I worry about that with Means Rodriguez now with the latest, which is really this is disheartening because, like, you're sort of waiting for his arm to fall off. Right. Like you've done this before. You're like, well, he's throwing a little bit, but this ain't going to work in the same way Felix Batista was playing patty cake back in September. Right. Well, I mean. There are examples of guys that have a UCL sprain and ultimately don't have to get Tommy John surgery. And, you know, just in the same way that you mentioned two great names, Jim Palmer and Jim Cott, they had plenty of contemporaries who got hurt. And then you never heard from them again. Why? Because Tommy John surgery didn't exist way back when. And guys 
pitchers all, have always gotten hurt. It's just you forget about them and you think about the big picture. And why well, wasn't and named how, after Don Sutton or Jim Cott or Burp Lylevin or you know or Whitey Ford or yeah, right I or mean, Wilbur Wood or like exactly right exactly yes. exactly. So so it's always been part of the game, but we also do know in the modern day how pitching uh, the the philosophy is max effort. You've heard me talk about that a lot. You've heard Jim Palmer talk about it a lot. Uh, it, it used to be for decades upon decades, pitchers paced themselves, right? So they were giving a certain percent effort. And yeah, they would rear back and throw it as hard as they can uh, a few times a game. But that's not how pitching works today. So what that has meant, and you know, to, to bring it back to the present and, and more specifically Kyle Bradish here, pitchers get hurt. And it, it's part of the game. And I, I just saw it again, and I can't remember the source, but... I think it was as of a few years ago, Nestor, I, I think it was a third of major league pitchers had had Tommy John surgery at some point in time, whether you're going all the way back to high school, the minor leagues, or sometime during their major league career. I mean, that's just, it's part of Here, let the me industry. fix it for you. Let me fix it yeah, for you. Yeah. But that's like said, $6 million man, you know, world, right? Literally, right? It is. However, and, and because of that, because of how frequent it is, because of how prevalent it is, you'll often hear someone say, when you hear about a situation like Kyle Bradish feeling his el- you know, feeling something in his elbow and, and getting a diagnosis of a sprained UCL, what do you hear people say? Well, get Tommy John surgery. Why wait? It's inevitable. Well, John Means is now 22 months removed from Tommy John surgery. Not to say that he won't pitch and pitch effectively for the Orioles this year, but we've seen that has not been a completely smooth return of right up until he was ready to be the number three starter in their postseason rotation until he started feeling some elbow soreness in a sim game, you know, in in the five days that the Orioles had off at the end of the regular season. The point is nothing's fail proof. Nothing's 100 percent. Nothing's certain, even when it comes to Tommy John surgery, which has Yes, a very high return rate, uh, especially compared to where it would have been uh, you know, 20 years ago or, or certainly 30 or 40 years ago. But there's still risk. There's still uh, no guarantee. So if there is a chance, and look, this is a different scenario than Felix Batista. It was very apparent that Orioles knew almost right away that Felix Batista was going to need Tommy John surgery, but the timing was not going to save his 2024. So all along it was... Is there some path here, albeit a very unlikely one, that we're going to try to rest and rehab and have him throw? And maybe he can give us five to ten innings. In the a guy that's injured can throw the ball 102 miles an hour. Like, well, that's insane. I, I mean, a guy – I mean, maybe not 102. Is there a scenario where his ligament could have held up that he could have thrown 98? I don't know. Again, it didn't happen. There's no worse for wear. He wasn't going to pitch in 2024 anyway. The timing for this is a little more delicate, is a little more, you know, a a case of, okay, you can go the route of a PRP injection, which they gave him. You can go the route of him trying to throw and you see how he reacts. I'll give you two names right now. Recent history. Aaron Nola, great pitcher for the Phillies, right? All-star pitcher, just got a big extension this past offseason. I think it was late in 2016, 16 or 17 off the top of my head. I, I looked at it earlier this week. He had a a sprained UCL. Now, clearly it wasn't a major sprain. It wasn't a major tear, uh, but it it was enough that it had shut him down for the rest of, I think it was in August, and he was done through the end of the season. He came back the following year, and every full season since then, I believe he's thrown at least 165 innings, you know, and in many seasons more than that. 
never had Tommy John surgery. And you know, to this point, now seven, eight years later, he's still going strong. Zach Gallen, uh, you know, who people uh, got gained some familiarity with in, in this past postseason, another pitcher uh, who had uh, UCL, you know, uh, uh, elbow ligament concerns, never had Tommy John surgery. So Tanaka for the Yankees years back, that was a, a really popular example that people cited. So there are examples, there are exceptions, but yes, it's never a good thing, especially when you're talking about a pitcher like Kyle Bradish, who, as we know, led the American League in ERA in the second half of last season, comes into spring training and, you know, back in January. And, and let's be clear, this wasn't something that he did on the first day at camp. They, they were aware of this, probably expedited their efforts to get go get Corbin Burns, uh, if we're being honest, even though Mike Elias downplayed that when asked about it in Sarasota. But well, when did they say that they realized that he was injured? January's January's typically, and again, it, it varies because some of these pitchers go to, you know, they go to driveline, they go to different, you know, different academies, they work with private instructors, but typically major league pitchers in, in this day and age, they start ramping up throwing. They start a throwing program in January, and that's when Kyle Bradish felt this. In the old days, that's what Messina would do. He would take yeah. off November, December, right. and in January, he'd start long toss. Right, right. So he started feeling it, and obviously the team sent him to get an MRI, and that's when they saw that there was a UCL sprain there. Now, they've expressed optimism. This hasn't been something where they've just said, okay, he's getting Tommy John, that's that. No chance whatsoever. Uh, they give him a PRP injection, which has worked for some individuals. Has it worked for a lot? You know, the the numbers. Well, are the, what they, they express are. optimism. We express pessimism, and somewhere in there, there's yeah. the realism of what you're talking about, which is, yeah, this happens to a third of the guys. It's happened yeah. to half the guys on the team. Yeah, it's his turn. And the notion that he's going to be an Aaron Nola and not a Tommy John is—it's not great, right? I mean, again, it's not a fate complete. There are examples, and I'll continue to say that, but you also have to be realistic. You have to be pragmatic about this, and we understand what a UCL injury means for a pitcher. Uh, we understand uh, what Tommy John surgery means, uh, and the longer you go with pursuing, seeing if rest and rehab works, it, it does, you know, there, there is the reality of the timing of this running into his availability for the start of 2025 even uh, i mean that's just where they are where it is different from felix batista but i gonna wait the, but not too long yeah but I, but at the same time i use the john means example as okay if it's a matter of four weeks three four weeks you see how this goes you see how he responds and he, he ends up getting tommy john's surgery in early april you know that, that's still you know you, you want to still pursue the possibility you still want to all things being equal, you still want to avoid surgery if you can avoid it. I mean, that's just kind of a general rule of thumb, really, for anyone in life, right? I mean, anyone who has back problems. I mean, back surgery is a very uh, touchy, you know, very sensitive subject in terms of whether that's going to help someone or not. So you generally, you you do what? You go with more conservative measures. You go to Planet uh, and, Fitness and get in shape and get you do yoga and, like, and things like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, yeah. So, so, you know, it's not a... a completely different principle here but again we know the reality here it's not good that you have a you're talking about a ucl injury for every aaron nola or zach gallon or tanaka there are many more examples that you think of someone getting tommy john surgery so we'll see how this plays out you know he began a throwing program on friday you know starting with some light throwing and we'll see how that works generally speaking when when you realize that's not going to happen 
that will present itself fairly quickly. I'm guessing we will have, I'm guessing we'll have a resolution on Kyle Bradish at some point here in the next three or four weeks. You know, I was going to say St. Patrick's Day is what yeah. I was thinking. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you know, and and look, look at someone like Dylan Tate, who wasn't listed as a UCL specifically. His was more of the flexor mass, which is in the forearm, but oftentimes it's you know it's connected and tied together as far as an injury. He did not have Tommy John surgery last year. He is supposedly healthy and he's throwing in Sarasota right now, but he still missed all of last season. So there's not a one size fits all here. I, I know it's a, it's a quick reaction, almost like a, you know, a, I don't want to say it's fatalist because it's, it's more realistic than anything when we typically see these kind of injuries, but it's why you do generally want to try to go the rehab route. You go the conservative route to see. And that the, the fact that they're even doing that tells you that, you know, this isn't, you know, he didn't rupture, you know, it's not as though he snapped his UCL, right? It's, it's kind of like a rubber band or you think of like uh, fibers of a rope, you know, if, if just a couple of the, the fibers are frayed, that rope can conceivably still hold up for a really long time and still be fine. But if it's something that is a, a much more significant sprain or tear, then yeah, they wouldn't even try this. So that tells you that it's got a shot. I'm not saying it, I'm not going to sit here and try to put a number on it or that it's high percentage or likely, but you see how it works in the meantime, you're re- even more, ha- you're even more thankful that the Orioles were able to get Corbin Burns uh, to headline your rotation because Kyle Bradish was the ace last year and, you know, may not be uh, available to them on the heels of Felix Batista, not being available to them uh, in the bullpen. So, but you do have Corbin Burns, you do have Grayson Rodriguez, you have Dean Kramer. I think for me, it's the trickle down effect. You know, you and I've talked about this. We haven't talked about it a lot, but since the Burns trade, you know, I I said that I still look at the bullpen as an area of question for me, knowing that you're not going to have Felix Batista. You do have Craig Kimbrell now, obviously, but what's Yenier Cano going to look like this year? What are some of those other guys that you counted on, like Danny Coulomb, to look like in the bullpen? You don't have D.L. Hall in that bullpen. And for me, the the trickle down effect here is Tyler Wells, who it wasn't just me. I think a lot of people were looking at him as a really intriguing candidate to fill a late inning bullpen role, eighth inning, let's say. Now you look at it on paper, barring uh, another acquisition, you know, barring a, a, a signing. Tyler Wells very likely looks like he could be their number four starter uh, to, to at least begin the season, knowing that Bradish isn't going to be there for opening day, even if he's able to pitch at some point. And, and knowing that John Means uh, is not injured, but behind because they just had him shut down and rest for a longer period of time over the winter. So, hey, we we always say it. I mean, we, we always say that with, with the Ravens, Ozzie Newsom said years ago, you can never have enough corners in baseball. It's what you can truly never have enough pitching. I you mean, know what, just... man? I was going to be the old fart, you know, get off my long guy and say, is this where I'm allowed to like use all of those bull Durham's? Because it really is. It's a bull Durham, you know, yeah. line. You can never have enough pitching. But, no. you know, true. We, we sit here and talk about Burns and these other guys is is is. Yeah. I don't know. I thought about Rodriguez last year and his sort of dead arm thing and where he was at that point and whether Means is really going to get back there because he got back there for like a minute and a half and flashed it and then it's gone. And I, I just all the way through, I, I would say at this point, what are their options at this point? Because a lot of the is's were pipeline guys that are now here, like Rodriguez and these others. And um, and Bradish came over in the deal and all that, but the we put so much on holiday and the hitting, the hitting, the hitting, and 
who's going to play shortstop and who's going to play second base and where they're going to deal Westberg and, you know, the Mountcastles and the Hearns and like all of these guys, they, there's not a lot to argue about with the lineup other than how to fill it out. Holiday sort of a, a, a foregone conclusion and we'll do our segments. I'm sure in the coming weeks, whether he's hitting 620 in spring training or a buck 20, you know, in the first 30 at bats. Cause we'll take all those really, really seriously uh, down in Bradenton <laughs> the next couple of weeks. Yeah. Um, but the pitching in general, um, I was going to make a joke, but you were sort of on a roll going through the ballpen and Kimbrel all the way down. And you know, what, what, what what's going to be any of your Cano's role. And I'm like, I don't think he's going to look ever again like he looked in the month of May last year. I don't know, but I'm not betting on that for any relief pitcher yeah. that flashes in that way, right? So, and Batista's gone, and Kimbrel's on the other side of being like, uh, 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 he can only be disappointing for the amount of money they gave him. Even if he's really good, he'll blow a couple of saves, we'll be pissed off, right? but you better hope his arm doesn't fall off. <laughs> I want to joke about Fuji, right? And say, well, who's going to be the Fuji this year? Who's going to be the the the, uh, the Andrew Miller? Who's going to be the trading? Because they're going to need bullpen help, dude. Oh, they're no going to need more than what they have. They're going to. It's going to be some guy who's pitching for the Rockies now, or the Diamondbacks, or whatever, because that's the way bullpen help works. And you and I get into all this with the Costa and football and whatever. These rush edges in the NFL, they're they're kind of like relief pitchers, right? Like they're all thirty-something defensive linemen. Whether it was uh, the 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 guy from Cincinnati that came here and played at the end, Demata Pak Pekka, and um, but relief pitching's we know better than to think like, oh my God, it's Valentine's Day, we need relief. (laughs) This is going to be all year long. They're going to be dealing out of the depth of their of their situation, whatever Westberg or Mountcastle or whoever is safe in a deal, they're not safe because July 28th, when they need to go get Mr. Big and Andrew Miller, these are the pieces The even Cedric Mullins. I mean, they'll deal. Elias will deal players. I mean, because they have such wealth at the position mm-hmm. and, you know, unless a guy breaks his leg or gets hit by a fastball or pulls a hammy or has an injury in that way, you're much more likely to have this attrition through pitching, and it's very, very unfortunate we're talking about this in February, right? Because when this happens on May 10th after six starts, we're like, well, that sucks. It sucks a whole lot more when it's February, but you feel like, well, they got time to prepare for it and maybe go deal for Dylan Cease or whatever because this thing's not going to be done. They're a real contending team, and there's not a day, at least a kid buck, about hiding out pitchers in Norfolk and Lord Ottawa, Lord knows wherever else, Columbus. Um they're going to use a lot of pitching and it's pitchers. We can sit here and speculate all day, but you know, they're going to deal they're going to be in a position. They're going to have an ownership group. They're going to take on $18 million on July 30th and not care about it because you hope. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, so when I see all of this, it sucks. Like when this is the first piece of news, because you really want to start from the strength of Dr. Steve and I over at LA chiropractic saying, Oh, well, you know, Burns, Bradish, you know, go through it. Uh, Kramer's number five. Oh, Kramer's number three. Might be number two. If somebody gets a stiff arm and Rodriguez wakes up, not right. And then all of a sudden you're back to where you were last June saying, well, they're good, but uh, you know, we felt really good the day we got Burns, but then means didn't come back. And we got a knife into this one. And 
Rodriguez is, you know, a little so-so right now for a couple of starts, even if they're making it to the mound and, and getting you six and a third. Pitching, dude, like, yeah. you never have enough, to our point, but it's never over with. And it's never, like, a finished product because some team out there is going to stink and deal. Hey, look at the best player in the sport. He was a pitcher and a hitter till he wasn't a pitcher anymore, right? I mean, this pitching thing, what they do to these humans, it's not, they're not meant to do this like Jim Cotton, Jim Palmer did 50 years ago. Well, they weren't really meant to do it either. They were the ones who endured, right? I mean, go back to the Orioles farm system of the late 50s and early 60s, and you'll find all kinds of pitching prospects who got hurt in a year or two, and then they were out of baseball. I got a book here on Dow Yeah, you can have exactly, exactly. So, so that's always been part of it. Right. But you know, I, I, a couple things, glad you brought up the farms farm system. Glad you brought up the fact that this was going to be a moving target. I mean, we were talking about this even before knowing Kyle Bradish, you know, his situation with his UCL, not knowing what his availability is going to be. And, Name me a team with their top five right now starters who are going to make all their starts and everything's going to be well, rosy and, and they're going to have ERAs of three and a half to stick around because guys get beaten in at the bottom of rotations do. on bad teams. So it's like, I, I don't know where the Fuji is, but that's sort of my, ins- that's going to be my inside poker on this. They're going to go take a gander on a couple of guys. Yeah. Well, you, and you hope they're better than Fuji if yeah. you trade for them. So, but yeah, I mean, I, I hey, look, look at, look no further than the American League East last year. Orioles. 101 wins. The Orioles' rotation stayed extremely healthy. That is typically the exception. That's certainly not the norm. In contrast, the Tampa Bay Rays, who were right on the Orioles' heels until, what, three days before the end of the regular season? Go look at the number of starting pitchers they had with Tommy John or other injuries missing time. You need pitching depth. I mean, there's no question about it. So as much as guys like me just a week ago we're talking about Tyler Wells maybe being their eighth inning guy. That's why what? Even if Kyle Bradish and John Means were healthy and on track for opening day, what were the Orioles going to be doing with Tyler Wells and Cole Irvin anyway, even if they were envisioned as being part of their bullpen? You're stretching them out. Anyone that has starter capability, that's why you stretch them out in the spring because you don't know what's going to happen. I, I said the start of spring training every year, but even more so for the Orioles this year, knowing that these guys had set career highs and in innings and not even accusing the Orioles of being irresponsible. I mean, Kyle Bradish, I think if you count the one rehab start he made in April and his postseason start, I think he threw a total of 33 more innings last year than he did in 2022. General, and this isn't an exact science. Let's be clear, because you made the point, and I'm, I'm not picking on you but because lots of people say this, but none of this pitching stuff and these innings limits, they're guidelines. They're thought of as subjective best practices, right? The idea that you don't want a 22-year-old pitcher who throws 100, 100 innings in the minors to suddenly throw 230 the next year. I mean, that that's just kind of a common sense thing, and they do have player tracking and data tracking and you know, they can track your, your, where you release it, you know, your release point is and the velocity, all those different things. There's so much science involved, but there's still art. You know, there's still, dude, a, we did four months of summer last year talking about yeah. them shutting a young pitcher down and they did. And, and the all star break and they did. And they, well, Tyler Wells got tired. I mean, you could just, you could see it. I mean, his effectiveness, his velocity, all that, but. We also said at the at late last year, I, I know I made this point at least once or twice, and plenty of people did, you know, not just me, but 
a big tell is not necessarily how they're feeling at the end of the season. It's when, when they pick up the ball in January and they start ramping up again. And it doesn't even mean they do that irresponsibly. It's just maybe there was some wear and tear that, you know, that you're not going to notice right away, but you do after you take some time off. So point is, it's a moving target. Like you said, they're going to be in the market for relief pitching. You know, we'll see what happens. Jordan Montgomery's out there. I, you know, Blake Snell is out there. I'm not holding my breath on that one for the Orioles, at least at this point, until new ownership is officially in place. There are some pitchers, you know, Lorenzen's out there, you know, uh, the first few days of spring training. There are some names like that, but at the same time, Tyler Wells, Cole Irvin. Uh, I'll say this, keep an eye on someone like Chase McDermott, who pitched pretty darn well when he was promoted to AAA last year. He was part of that package of prospects they got in the Trey Mancini deal a couple years ago. Uh, you know, take uh, keep an eye on Cade Povich, who was someone they got from the Twins in the Jorge Lopez deal a couple years ago. Uh, you know, guys that we're familiar with, like a Bruce Zimmerman. I'm not saying that anyone's excited about Bruce Zimmerman if he has to make 20 starts, but he might have to make a start or two at some point in time. And that's part of how this works. Again, you need deep depth. As other much guys are going to get hurt. They're going to lose three more exactly. pitches before opening day. Someone's going to turn his ankle dur- during uh, PRP drills in Sarasota. I mean, those things happen. I mean, inevitably, that's going to happen. We haven't even mentioned Gunnar Henderson dealing with a little bit of an oblique issue. He's, by all accounts, should be fine for opening day, but it's just it's how it works. That's why where the Orioles are now, coming off a 101-win season, all the expectations, and ha- after having traded D.L. Hall and, and Joey Ortiz for Corbin Burns, still the consensus number one farm system in baseball. That's important. It's important for the future. And, you know, we'll see how this is going to work. And by the way, their 26-man major league roster is going to evolve over the course of the season. I, For me, we haven't even mentioned this, but I'm intrigued to see what the outfield's going to look like over the course of the year. I mean, Colton Kowser and Heston Kerstad, I don't know what else they can prove at AAA right now. Now, that doesn't guarantee they're going to be on the roster on opening day, but... A lot of bodies, dude. Like, yeah. like I've been doing this for 32 years. Yeah. When you start talking about position players... It's deep. And them having too many of them and sending guys down to the farm and starting Holiday's Clock and who's really going to be a shortstop and who's really going to be a third baseman. There's mm-hmm. really important questions that, like... They had to answer with Cal Ripken back in 1982, yeah. right? Saying, what is he? Where is he going to play? Who's going to play left field in the big left field that, that this team has here, right? What's the real future for Hayes and Mullins as they take on money and younger mm-hmm. players come along and may be able to replace that? Maybe new ownership with, with Elias will want to spend the money on pitching. Yeah. I, I, I mean, this thing is really interesting way more interesting than it's ever been on a day-by-day basis and the intrigue of how they're going to run their business what they're going to do how the ballpark's going to feel how they're going to unplug from 32 years of the angelos family Mm -hmm. and really try to make sure people like greg bader aren't greeting people at the front door anymore because it'll still feel like they're there the first thing they need to do is make it feel like, and I don't know what that means for Rock Kabako and Masson and Rob Long and who's on TV and Kevin Brown. And, I, you know, talking to insiders, they're like, I don't think there'll be any change this year at all. Like, they're just going to go That's as right. is. Yeah. And I'm like, as is is tough when you get to August and September and there's really is a new ownership group and they really want to, like, capitalize on things. And this place really hasn't been well run. Just in a general, from how they sell hot dogs 
straight other than baseball talent they're fine with and we could sit here all day and talk about possibilities of their players but they have too many players and they don't have enough pitching right like i think we can say that out loud there's going to be deals and elias is going to try to get the pitching better. I, I'm convinced of that because he knows what you know about Braddish, right? I mean, and he knows what you know about bullpens and about Craig Kimbrell and about where the middle of the the middle of the game is going to be problematic the more, the, the less innings that Braddish's and Means's take up because the quality of those innings goes downhill and you get to your bullpen in the fifth inning instead of the seventh inning. And right. That, that that's the thing that you really talk a lot about in the season is when they have these bad nights where they're using up a bullpen that that affects them on the weekend. Yeah. Right. I mean, you have a night where you, if your starting pitcher gets knocked out in the third inning, I mean, that doesn't just impact you for the rest of that night. It's, you know, if, if it's a Wednesday night, when that happens, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, you know, that that's going to come well, right now. We're talking but, about a mystery fourth and fifth starter I, that we haven't even heard of that. We don't know this person's name. Well, Boom, they're going to get knocked out in the fourth inning. You know, that's let, why they they're the fifth starter. I'll say this, though. Let, let's pause a little bit on that. I don't disagree with your general point there. And look, absolutely. They're, they're going to be looking for more pitching and they should be. And, and that will be an that'll be an ongoing search, not just St. Patrick's Day, but Easter and Flag Day, the 4th of July, all the way up to the trade deadline. And even then we saw them bring in Jorge Lopez after the trade deadline to try to fortify their bullpen late last year, even though they knew he wasn't eligible for the postseason. But I will say this. Corbin Burns was not part of the Orioles last year and they won 101 games. So. Let's look at it through the lens of, and I am I know the goal is to get better. And yes, they're going to be on the hunt and there are going to be questions about the back end of their rotation. There were questions last year about the back end of the rotation. Tyler Wells, as much as I was just talking about him being in the bullpen and now he's the number four starter. By the way, Tyler Wells was really good for the Orioles the first half of last year as a starter until he started to wear down. So my point is, if you still look at where they stand right now, right now, knowing what's up with Bradish. John Means should be fine at you know, but he's a little behind. Hey, they didn't have John Means till September last year, you know, so so there still can be a net gain there with whatever he can give them this year. But the point is, you do have Corbin Burns. That right now you almost have to view it through the lens of he's kind of replacing Kyle Bradish. And, you know, you you look at it from a track record standpoint, that's a net positive. Grayson Rodriguez, if healthy, and obviously that's an that's the caveat for any pitcher, but uh, if we get the grace, if the Orioles get the Grayson Rodriguez that we saw in the second half for all of 2024, that's a net gain over whoever was taking starts in his place, Cole Irvin or whoever it was uh, last year at, at you know some of those different points. You know, uh, what from May until mid July, late May until mid July. Uh, you know, you have Dean Kramer, uh, you as I mentioned, Tyler Wells, Cole Irvin even though it was a very rough start to last year for him where he got demoted after what, three starts, he actually came back and pitched pretty well for them. You know, not, not as much in the, in the rotation. And, and obviously he was in the bullpen, but when he returned from that early season demotion, he pitched pretty well for them. The point being, it's not as though Kyle Bradish just, you know, this is the same rotation as last year. And then Kyle Bradish is hurt. They brought in Corbin Burns. So at the very least, they're kind of, it's almost like they're back to where they were at the start of the offseason. But I'll, I will throw out there, 
Kyle Gibson was someone who gave you consistent innings and he's no longer in the picture. So, so yeah, you're going to have to fortify this thing. There's no question that said, I don't think this is a situation where you're pressing a panic button and you're saying that they're in deep, you know, what they got some work to do, but at the same time, there were also guys at this point last year, like a Yenier Cano, for example, that we weren't even talking about. Uh, I mean, Yenier Cano, I mean, Ben McDonald even talked about this uh, last season on some of the mass and telecasts. He flat out said he didn't understand why Cano was even on the 40-man roster because he was so lousy for the Orioles when they got him from Minnesota. So the point is, you're going to have other guys step forward in the same way that you'll have some other guys get hurt. And yeah, you'll have some other guys will take a step back. I mean, that's how this works, especially when you get into relief pitching more than anything. I mean, it is like the stock market. Guys are up one year, they're down the next, right? Guys get hurt. Guys come back from injury and are better. Guys tweak, you know, with the Orioles, with their player development, we've seen them be able to tweak pitchers and add another pitch to their repertoire or change this pitch or alter their release point or their, they're they're wind up a little bit. Yeah, so, who's the guy in 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 the system that's going to take that jump this exactly. year? Exactly, because they they they've they're good at that. They're very yeah. good at that. And, and they've also been good. Danny Coulomb, one of the unsung heroes of their bullpen last year. They acquired him. What was it? Two or three days before the season started. Uh, I mean, so there you go. I mean, there are going to be some acquisitions like that. There are probably some guys right now in camp that. I haven't even thought about other than just reading their name on the list of non-roster invitees, guys that no one has talked about that will contribute at some point in this year. So it's, I'm not going to sit here and downplay the Kyle Radish injury and what that could mean. It stinks. It, it stinks for them. There's no question, mainly because I was just thinking about the possibilities of a one, two, three, not on March 28th, 30th and, and April 1st, but thinking about it in terms of, the first three games of a playoff series. I mean, that was, I mean, that's pie in the sky. Exciting. You know, that that's 1971 Orioles exciting, not saying as good, but just, you get my point. The, the Orioles haven't been, Well, that's what it's going to take to win a championship. We're going to sit here and talk about Lamar, Lamar, Lamar until they win an AFC championship sure. game. Now of where that expectation is. The expectation is you think they're going to make the playoffs straight away, right? It's February. And they have to make the playoffs. They don't have to win 101 games. But they got to be ready for games one, two, and three, and they better have starters that sound like the better guys in order to survive that in October, no matter where they finish. And the good news is, because you did get Corbin Burns, you still have legit ace, right? Legit number one pitcher established just a couple years removed from being the NL Cy Young. And Grayson Rodriguez still is someone that I have extremely high hopes for, and he pitched extremely well when he returned after the All-Star break. So... I still like the potential. I like the established nature of what Corbin Burns is and has been and should continue to be at age 29, even if it's one year and then we'll see what happens with his contract and all that. But for 2024, I love having Corbin Burns as my number one if I'm the Orioles, regardless of what's happened with Kyle Bradish. I would even still say I'm still really excited about the potential and ceiling of Grayson Rodriguez as a number two if Kyle Bradish doesn't come back and has to get Tommy John surgery. Now the question is, okay, Dean Kramer is your number three. I'm not liking that as much as Grayson Rodriguez is my number three. And then what does that mean for, you know, okay, when is John Means going to pitch? You know, is it going to be the third or fourth week of April? Like the Orioles are indicating seems like it could be quite plausible or is it going to be, you know, he's kind of in and out of the rotation on the, 
on the active roster, on the IL, you know, is it like that? And that's why I said there's a cautionary tale about Tommy John surgery and why you don't just rush into surgery if a pitcher can rehab and continue pitching because there are examples of that. So they've got to figure it out. But at the same time, there's still excitement. There's still optimism. There's still a heck of a lot to love about where this team is on the field. And that doesn't change just because of the disappointment of Bradish. So, you know, we'll see how it plays out. And to your point, you know, it's a canvas, right? It's a working canvas, your, your roster building. In the same way we've talked about that with the Ravens for years with late August additions. And heck, Kyle Van Noy arrived in what, week four last year. So, you know, it, it, that applies for pitching. You know, that applies for the Orioles here. And you hope with ownership and with new ownership coming at some point in the not-too-distant future, uh, when and if it's made official, then they'll be able to fortify things. But in the meantime, got a lot of evaluating to do and – you know, it, it's okay to keep your fingers crossed that maybe the Kyle Bradish thing does end up being Aaron Nola or Zach Allen. But if not, life will go on and the Orioles still have a lot going for them to be excited about, uh, even if, yeah, that that's, that's a big hit to, to, to endure on the first day of spring training when, at least for my money, this was as excited as Orioles fans have been since I, I would venture to say 96, Pat Gillick. Davey Johnson, Roberto Alomar, David Wells go down the list. I think it's been since that long since people were that excited. So, yeah, the day one news, it stinks. There's no question about it. We will get some football in here. We're going to have plenty of baseball in here. Luke Jones is monitoring all things Orioles in Sarasota. We're doing Baltimore Positive. We're doing the Crab Cake Tour. Crab Cake Row is such a success. Uh, big thanks to everybody. I've been playing all of these Hours and hours of incredible people doing incredible things out in our community. Uh, my thanks to our friends at the Maryland Lottery. I have 10x, 10 times the caches we'll be giving away when I put the Crab Cake Tour together into the early part of March. In the meantime, uh, keep it glued out of Baltimore Positive. Lots and lots of stuff coming out this week. I'm re-releasing the Peter Principles. I'm also going to be re-releasing uh, the book I wrote about my father and my love of baseball. Uh, my dad's birthday is March 5th, so we're going to re-release that written in 2006. It was a prelude to free the birds so with all of this change blowing uh, down at camden yards i'm sort of bracing myself getting ready for a um a beautiful baseball season around here and um some fresh air for uh, baltimore baseball fans around here and orioles fans as well and, and i didn't think the jerseys were all that awful i mean it's orange i mean what do you want it to look like it looks like a pumpkin i am nestor we are wnst am 1570 towson baltimore is my orange too orange for you we never stop talking baltimore positive i look like i came out of the discount rack at tj maxx because i did <laughs>